Please listen carefully. Psych Essentials is a show about learning psychiatry. It's fun and educational, but should not be taken as medical advice or opinion. So kick back and try not to worry about those glaring ego deficits. We like you anyway. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, James. Are you ready for part three of our psychiatric interview series? I am so ready. We are jumping right into it, and we're flying along here. We've already covered general tips and tricks for the psychiatric interview and some of the art about it. And then last episode, we talked about the major categories at the top of the interview, what really brought somebody in and most of the symptoms that they've been having. And then next is kind of like the nuts and bolts of of the interview, the remainder of the information. There's a lot of history here, and I will say we're going to talk about a number of categories. I don't always go down this list, although I do tend to have an order. And like we said in the first episode, keeping some structure, whether it's visually on a piece of paper or theoretically in your mind, uh, is important. As long as you have your order that you stick to... That's the important thing. Now, sometimes someone will throw out something like they'll start talking about the cocaine that they're using. And I'll detour for a second and ask about substances because I think it feels more natural than to say, sorry, we can't talk about that. Give me 20 minutes and we'll be back. Yeah, absolutely. So that's also how I will jump around and, and sort of put these together in a piecemeal way. But for today's episode, let's talk about them in order. And we're going to talk about them again in quite a bit of depth. I'll ask people about other past medical history, and I'll say, do you have any other medical problems? Are there any other illnesses for which you see a doctor on a regular basis? What about in the past? Things I think about in psychiatry are head trauma, whether they have a history thereof or whether they've had histories of losing consciousness. Seizure disorders are notable because they can overlap with psychiatric illness and because they can be treated with antiepileptic medications that often uh, overlap with psychiatric medications. And some of our medications sometimes um, can be contraindicated when a patient has seizures. I think that asking about thyroid disease is relevant because, again, some of our medications can affect the thyroid. And because having thyroid disease, hypo or hyper, can have pretty profound changes in your mood. I'll ask briefly about allergies. I spend quite a bit of time asking about past psychiatric history and in my mind this takes four questions or four topics i always ask about inpatient hospitalizations have you ever been in a psychiatric hospital before if they say yes and they have a good sense and they're able to list these out sometimes people are and sometimes they aren't i'll ask about whether they were there voluntarily or or involuntarily. I'll ask about, I think particularly importantly, when they were there. I would say maybe that's my first question is, do you remember when the last time you were in the hospital was? And sometimes if someone has particularly good recall, I'll ask about why they were there. What was going on that led you to be in the hospital? The why can be helpful. Then ask about whether they're seeing anyone on an outpatient basis. Have they in the past and are they these days? Do they have a psychiatrist? Do they have a therapist? Maybe they have a case manager. Right. So you can ask, like, are you currently seeing a mental health provider? Are you seeing a therapist? Simple questions. I ask about psychiatric medications in particular. Sometimes people have difficulties recalling, and and that's okay. 
Um, if I think they may have been on one or I see it in their chart, I may prompt them. Does olanzapine sound familiar to you? Sometimes people will know their medications and their doses, and sometimes you'll see it in the chart. I'll, if they remember, I'll ask them about meds they've been on in the past and whether they've found them helpful. Or if they've had side effects to them. Absolutely. I do think it's important to ask people about whether they've been taking their medication or in perhaps a less judgy way, how often they remember to take their medicine. And you can say, it's pretty hard to remember to take it every day. Has that been something that's possible for you? The fourth category is a history of thoughts or behaviors of harm towards oneself. Like we said in the last episode, asking about suicidal ideation, but here I'll ask about a history. In the past, has suicide been something that's particularly present in your life? Have you thought about this a lot? And more specifically, have you ever tried to hurt yourself in the past? A slight variation to that question is self-harming behavior, which I would uh, describe as cutting or burning behavior. Sometimes you can get at whether or not it's self-harm versus a true suicide attempt by asking what the intention of the behavior was. What was your purpose with that? Absolutely. And I think it's important to ask again about timing. When did this happen? And if they had a suicide attempt, what happened afterwards? Did they go to the hospital? Did they need psychiatric admission? And then one last category that I like to ask about is is mental health diagnoses. So I'll ask them, have you ever been diagnosed with a mental illness? That's a great question. And I think it's important because it also helps you get a sense of their insight into their illness or disease. The next category I ask about is substances. Like I said, this may have come up earlier in the interview. And so if it has, I'll, I'll go through it then. But I do like to ask people about drugs and I'll ask them pretty specific details about them if it seems like it could be relevant to what's going on. I think about when was the last time they used any substance because it has implications for withdrawal. I'll ask about how much they've been using in terms of quantity and how often have they been using. Now, if somebody's, if I'm trying to really get at how somebody feels about substance and whether this is somebody who might be appropriate for substance use treatment, I will start to get into some of the things, uh, some of the benefits, uh, what they find helpful or why they've been using the substance. And if they've noticed any particular consequences, has this caused you any trouble in your life? Have you thought about stopping? Or if you have, how long have you stopped for? So generally, James, how do you screen for substance use? What do you like to ask people? Sometimes I'll ask people, do you drink? That's what I do too. Um, I think that alcohol from a social perspective is is one of the more common and appropriate and at least in the state we live in, legal substances. Um, and so I'll, I'll ask them, do you drink? And most people won't find offense to that question. Then I'll start to get into some of the, the nuances of alcohol. Do they have a history of blacking out? Have they had withdrawal before or what we call complex withdrawals? That could include seizures or delirium tremens. Right, because a complicated withdrawal has management implications. I'll ask about whether they've gone through detox before, their longest period of sobriety, what's helped them in the past. And if they mention that they're drinking recently, like I said, one of the most important questions is when did they last use? I'll ask about whether they're having any symptoms right now. And that could be shaking, sweating, because like you said, it has implications for where we'll go next. Then I just start to ask people point blank about certain substances. Do you smoke? Do you smoke cigarettes? 
to smoke marijuana, to use other forms of cannabis. I'll ask people sometimes more generally if I'm if I'm feeling unsure. Have substances been a part of your life? Have drugs been yeah, in your you life use recently? Any drugs? Yeah. And I think that getting comfortable asking that question is perfectly okay and takes a little bit of practice and frankly a little bit of confidence. But most people will not find offense. You're a medical doctor. That's an appropriate question to ask. I'll, if substances have been part of somebody's life, I'll ask them about them outright. Have you used methamphetamines? Have you used a stimulant like cocaine? In contrast, have you used heroin? Have you ever used opioids or prescription pain pills? Less frequently, but definitely present, people will mention hallucinogens, PCV, ecstasy, MDMA. Right, or sometimes they'll just ask, are there any other drugs that you're taking that I haven't asked you about already? Just because there's so many new drugs that come onto the scene that I don't have the lingo for. And I don't think you need to ask every person about every single drug, but pretty quickly after asking somebody, are drugs a part of your life these days? You'll get a quick sense of, of whether they have or not. In this section, you do not, one, you do not need to be the police, and two, you don't need to be the, the determinant of whether they're telling the truth or not. If they say they haven't and their Utox is positive for everything, that's okay. That gives you more information and insight into their mental status. Don't feel like you need to call somebody out and get the truth out of them. If someone is screening positive for significant substance use or abuse, you then might want to ask a little bit more if they've ever received any treatment, either on an inpatient or outpatient basis. You might also ask about any rehab stays. Great. The next category is family history. And I'll ask folks, does mental illness run in your family? Does anyone else have a diagnosis that you've heard of? Do any of these terms ring any bells? I think another important breakout in the family history is asking specifically about suicide. A family history of suicide is a known risk factor for an individual to commit suicide, so it's an important data point to have. From family history, I find that it leads nicely into the social history because I'm already asking about important people in their lives. Social history in psychiatry is a little different maybe than the social history you've asked about during medicine or surgery or pediatrics or teenagers. It's, it's a little different. It's a lot more thorough. It is. It's a lot of information. Because I think a lot of the social history can influence our thinking about how somebody's functioning in their life, in their jobs, in their relationships, and how that's changed over time. I'll ask people, where are you living these days? Where's home for you? I'll ask about who lives at home. I sometimes will go back and ask a little bit further. Where are you from? Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Did you finish high school? Have you been to college? What types of jobs have you had? I'll get into a little bit about employment, where they're working these days. Are you working these days? If they're not working these days, where are they getting their income from? Absolutely. So, And that's an okay way to frame it too. Where's your income from these days? How are you getting funding? If folks are a little bit younger and they're in school, I'll ask about where they're in school and how school is going. I ask about relationships and I'll sometimes say, tell me about some important people in your life. Sometimes I'll ask, who's your support system? That's a great question and a great way to ask it. If somebody is in a relationship, you might get more details. How long have they been married for? Have they been married before? Have they had kids? How old are their kids? What's their relationship like with their kids? Again, you don't need to do therapy and you don't need to get into the nuances of some of these relationships, but I do think it's important to get a sense of if relationships have been floundering recently, 
or maybe they've been in new relationships that seem new or unusual. As a slight tangent from the social history, will, I will ask people, have you ever had any legal problems? And open the door to discuss any, any legal history, especially if there are, or if you know there are, current or open charges against them. I think it's important to ask about abuse because it gives you a sense, one, of some diagnostic clarity, and two, of some of the issues that a person might be facing at this moment in time. I find a pretty general screening, and again, maybe this is just sort of a certain amount of bluntness, but I'll ask people, has abuse been part of your past? And if so, people may feel comfortable talking about it, but I always preface this with saying, this can be really stressful and emotionally difficult to talk about, and if this isn't the time or place, don't feel compelled like you need to tell me what's been going on. Abuse takes a number of forms, and if so, if people are engaging in that question that seems particularly salient, I'll differentiate a little bit between emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. One thing to note about abuse is that it, you know, is sort of a surrogate word for trauma. And so if you do screen positive, uh, or if a patient screens positive for these abuse or trauma questions, that might lead you to then ask more um, psychiatric review of symptoms about PTSD, for example. Absolutely. I think that's a good branching off point from that. How is that past affecting you today? Now, finally, and this may have come up earlier in your history, I like to know who is involved in this person's life from a medical perspective. Who's treating this patient? Do they have a psychiatrist these days? Do they have a therapist that they're seeing, somebody that they're getting counseling from? Do they have a primary care doctor, someone who's prescribing their medications? Sometimes that's a way in, too. After I ask people what medications they've been taking, I'll ask, Who's writing those for you? How are you getting them from? And some of that information you might have already got when you asked about their outpatient history in in the psychiatric history. And if that's the case, you don't need to ask it again here at the end. So the second part of the psychiatric interview is a lot of history. It's a lot of pretty routine questions, but they can get kind of nuanced. So I do think that having structure and a framework in your mind will help you keep track of them as you meander around. And one thing to note is this, again, is not an all-inclusive list of all the questions you could possibly ask about. The social history could go on much longer than what we've described here, but this is kind of hitting the highlights um, for just a general patient that you were to see either on the inpatient wards or in an outpatient setting. And sometimes somebody might not be in a place to give you all of this. If they're particularly distressed, They might not be able to tolerate as you get through all of these kind of deep questions. And that's okay. If you feel like this is somebody who you'll see in the future, it can be okay to get some of this information in the future. At the same time, I do think it's important to persevere a little bit um, and, and stick it out, especially because, like we said, the psychiatric interview can be on the long side. Sometimes you can also get this information from previous documentation, but if you are to do that, you should try to confirm that that information is still accurate and up to date with the patient. That can be a really nice way to alleviate some of the burdens if somebody doesn't feel like they have to tell you their entire life story again. And the way I'll frame it is, hey, I read this in your medical record, but I just want to make sure that it's still true. and I want, Or I want to make sure that what I read matches up with your experience. So... With that said, this is the psychiatric interview. It is favorite part of psychiatry. I think it's pretty cool. I think that by the time you've asked a lot of these questions, you've learned an incredible amount about this person, and you're really able to get some sense of who they are and what's going on. 
Right. It is long and it is lengthy, but it is worth it. Absolutely. And I do hope that you get some feedback along the way and, and that you tune it up. I'm still learning about how to do this in a, in a practical and nuanced, but also effective way. And I think it's something that we learn over time. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the third of our psychiatric interview series. Next, we're moving to a whole new topic. So stick with us and check us out next time. You can also follow us. Our website is psychessentials.org. You should head there. We'll have links and resources, maybe even some templates that you can use for your psychiatric interview. Definitely. Please leave us a comment. Let us know what you'd like to hear more about in the future. Our website is psychessentials.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at psychessentials. Check us out on iTunes where you can subscribe and get the episode straight to your inbox, your iTunes iLibrary. So fancy. On a up-to-the-minute basis. You can rate, comment, and share Psych Essentials there too. Our music is by Javier Suarez off the album Tumbling Dishes. There's a link on our website. As always, the people, places, and things we've talked about are changed to protect confidentiality. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Till next time. Bye.